This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey guys, welcome to FastCast, the Formula SAE podcast. I'm Mike Sorg, video producer and podcast here that uh, you may have seen out and about in the events here on this uh, and on <clears throat> and here on this podcast. We have the crew with us in here today. Of course, Kaylee Zendel is with us, program manager of Formula SAE. How are you doing, Kaylee? I'm good. Thank you. And we also have with us Ryan Good, University Programs Coordinator of Formula SAE. How are you doing, Ryan? Hey, Mike. Glad to be back. And of course, the main event today, we have Steve Sayovitz, the Formula SAE Rules Chair on the line with us. How are you doing, Steve? Very good, Mike. Thank you. And uh, Steve, you're going to be presenting with us um, the rules for 2019, correct? That's correct. Awesome. So uh, I guess let's get into it. Now, we do have, if you're listening on the audio podcast, we do have a PowerPoint presentation, and we'll have a video version of this as well that you could follow along with if you'd like. But of course, you have the audio version if you want to listen to this in the shop, in the car, however that you can, you know, get the, however you want to absorb all this rules information to make sure you have all of it. Okay, thank you. Uh, As Mike said, my name is Steve Sayovitz. I am the chair of the Formula SAE Rules Committee. We're going to talk a little bit about the new rules for 2019 Formula SAE competitions. For 2019, we've done a major revision of the Formula SAE rules. And we've uh, taken some time and effort in order to do that. And if we've sent out a number of versions for comment as well as published a couple of revisions at this point, we currently we're up to version 2.1 and we are not planning to make any further revisions unless we need to correct something. What we ended up doing for that format is reformatted the entire document trying to uh, trying to get the wording cleaned up, made consistent, a little bit more streamlined, trying to work on the organization to provide rules in a group and location where we will hopefully find them to be a little bit better logic and flowing, and also to improve the usability, putting some index headings, cross-references, things like that, so you should be able to use the document much better. A few new sections as part of that rearrangement. We've put in some general requirements up front. We've moved all the document submissions to one section. Uh, Technical inspection is its own section now, as well as uh, breaking out some of the vehicle and driver equipment into its own section. But even within the existing sections, some of these steps and sections have been rearranged. A few items to note on on the content of the rules. Now, this is not a comprehensive list of changes, but it is some of the items that you should know and be be aware of. First thing is we removed a number of things. There is no alternate frame section anymore. The business logic case is no longer included in the rules. We used to allow some thinner wall tubing and structural applications when you did a test on that. We have removed that. And we no longer permit any cable or belt actuated steering. We did add a couple of things. I will mention the corner mounting of accumulator containers. If you are an electric vehicle team, 
please take a good look at that section because you will find you can come to a structural, a structural approved solution easier than in previous years. We've also added some endurance penalty guidelines for post-endurance. You know, we never had any before. Now we've got some. Give us some guidance if we have to penalize a team after endurance. A few things got revised. We revised the section for monocoque chassis attachments, particularly for the rear subframe and roll hoop. The laminate testing of monocoque chassis has also been changed requirements. Uh, bolted joints in the primary structure, as well as the high voltage limit on electric vehicles is now 600 volts. The tractive system active light now has to show a safe state as well as an active state. And then we've also refined the penalties for power and voltage limitations on electric vehicles. Also, as part of the revision, we have redone the cost event. We used to have the cost section in the rules, which also included some guidance and, and uh, discussion, as well as five appendices. For 2019, we have the rules, which are more streamlined, and then there is a separate cost event supplement that is available on the website in addition to the rules. You will not submit a hard copy of the cost report in 2019. It will be done online, same place you submit your technical documents. If you have an addendum to your cost report, that is now a form rather than a page in the rules. And we will also have a scenario for you in the cost event that we will release in prior to the event. The presentation event, while the content has not changed much, we are, also, we are redoing the concept of that presentation event. We will release that concept document early in 2019. So watch for that. That will give you guidance on what we're looking for. Technical submissions. There are new files available. Your structural equivalency spreadsheets we used to have one file, there are now three, separate for tube frame, monocoque designs, and accumulators if you're an electric vehicle. In addition, the impact attenuator document is new this year. So by these new files, we're trying to get them to be more uh, easier for both you and our reviewers to, for you to complete and our reviewers to check as well as to provide a little bit better information for you. We've published those already, and we're getting lots of comments and feedback on those. Thank you very much. We have revised them. Please check the website for the latest versions. And also, there is a video discussion on walking you through these new files, and that is available from a link on the website. I want to spend a moment here talking a little bit about the thought process, the philosophy behind the rules themselves. Now, the rules are a top-level document. By that, that means they give the basic requirements, but do not always go into a lot of detail on those. And we've used some consistent terms. 
that we'll talk about here in the next few minutes. One of the terms you will see in the rules is the word must. Must is a requirement and it is mandatory that you, com you comply with it. An example I would give is that the main roll hoop must be steel. So that means you could not use aluminum. You could not justify other types of materials. It must be steel. Another term we have used in the rules is must not. And that is a specific restriction or limitation. And that is something you are not allowed to do. And the example I give is vehicles must not be driven in reverse. Another term you will see in the rules is should. That is something we expect you to do. It is indeed a recommendation, but we certainly expect that you will do it. And the example there is where vehicles should be designed and fabricated using good engineering practices. The next rules term we use is may. That gives permission, but does not require that it happen. The example is officials may impound the vehicle at any time for any reason. So as we talk about the use of the rules, I want to talk a little bit about something called the generic error modeling system, which discusses human performance. And that gives three modes of human performance, which are what are called skill-based, rule-based, and knowledge-based. Now, we won't talk much about skill-based. Those are the things that you do every day without really even thinking about them. Things like driving a car, typing on a computer, typing on your phone, just things like that. But what we do want to talk about is rule-based. Now, rule-based is following guidance and making decisions based on a method, meaning we define some words, some things in the actual rules themselves, and you follow those. The thing about rule-based is the error rate is very low, approximately 1 in 1,000. And the most common error in that case is to make an incorrect interpretation or application. Then there's what's called knowledge-based. That is where you don't have the actual situation that you're looking for, and now you have to think about it and try to do the diagnosis and problem solving, where you may not have all the information and you may make a lot of assumptions. The key here is the error rate is much higher as high as one in two or 50%. And the main reason there is lack of knowledge or inaccurate mental model. In other words, you don't know or you think it's something different. So why do I discuss these, these modes? The reason being is when we talk about this in relation to the formula SAE rules, think of an error as a rule violation. So if you don't want to violate the rules, you should be operating in the rule-based mode. And especially because all the rules are brand new. They are brand new to you, the teams. 
They're brand new to us as officials as well. So what we would expect that you're going to do is that you will be constantly referring to those rules as you both design your car, build your car, and especially when we bring it to the competition. Now I've been talking about rule-based, but realize that much of the Formula SAE competition is knowledge-based. I mean, your design is not set by rules. You have to figure that out yourself. You have a design event where we are judging you based on your knowledge. So remember, with the knowledge-based, your error rate was much higher, which also explains why there's such a variation in designs and design scores as well. So again, as I mentioned, the rules are new to everyone this year. And my suggestion is you keep a printed copy or an electronic file that you can refer to. You want to go and use that rules document. You want to stay in that rule-based arena. In other words, pull it out, look at the actual rule step itself, read each actual rule. Now, I can't stress that enough. One of the things, too, is please don't assume anything. Go in and verify it. And as always, ask some rules questions if you need to. Now, it's new this year. You may have some more questions. While we're talking about rules questions, let's talk a little bit about how you notice that some rules questions, you'll get an answer very quickly. Other times, you, it will take us a while to get you an answer. And why is that? Well, I'll give you some guidance here on how to, how to get some rules results. Which rule are you asking a question about? You need to identify that. You do not need to repeat the entire text of that rule. The other thing is, what is your question? Try to be specific. You know, what are you specifically asking about? And you don't ask a big broad-based question either. And if you can, phrase your answer or phrase your question so the answer could be a yes or a no with a short explanation or some conditions on it. And when you have received your answer and you've seen that, please go back into the website and close the inquiry so that we know you've received that response. So little little advice based on uh, what we've seen so far. Realize we have other documents. The rules themselves are just that one high-level document, but we have other documents as well, including the SES spreadsheets, the addendums, the supplements. There's a lot of information available out on the website. Be sure you are using the latest version of the rules and the other documents. I mentioned the structural equivalency spreadsheets have been updated a couple of times already. And while the rules have been updated, you know, if you're still using one of the early versions, it's not as good as it should be. Take advantage of learning opportunities. Things like the, the video presentation on the SES, you know, any types of seminars, discussions, anything you can. I'd also like to mention a few things that I've seen that are risky practices that could get you into trouble, things that you should avoid. One of them relates to rules. When we issue the rules, 
we often put out a change list. If you look at just the change list to the rules, then that is actually risky because for the rules that did not change, then you are, again, operating in that knowledge-based environment. You may, may, may very well make mistakes. So although the change list, you know, it's important to know what the changes are, please remember you need to still go back and use the full rules themselves. When you get to tech inspection, there are cases that you may have seen what was accepted on your vehicle or on other vehicles in the previous year or years. Just because that was accepted, that does not mean it will be accepted again. Go back, review against the rules, and make sure that you comply with what we currently have. Another thing from tech that is rather risky is trying to design and build right up to the limit. Now consider that you, you may want to design very close, but can you actually fabricate it to that standard? Do you have some tolerance in there? And we, if it's something that's an important rules dimension, we have to measure it. And we may not have the ability to measure it as precisely. So you may have to ask yourself, does that extra 5, 10 millimeters really going to matter? Or will it you stay nice and safe when you go to tech inspection? So I'd caution you against that. Documentation. You know, one of the things is, if you want to edit last year's documents and submit them again, well, check to make sure that the forms you're using did not change. We have seen that before, that previous year's forms were being submitted. Another issue is uh, checking what your document deadlines are. You know, make sure you know you should have a schedule and you should put that on there and know exactly when those are going to be required submitted. Another thing is uploading the documents right before the deadline. You know, there's no bonus points for getting as close as you can to the deadline. And if we have computer problems or some type of issue, you know, you may not get them in. And just realize while we've been a little bit more lenient in the past, you know, this year we intend to be very strict on, on the submission of documents. If you're even just a few minutes late, you're going to get a penalty. So my advice is submit in advance. And again, please help us in terms of rules, in terms of the competition, give any comments you have, provide any feedback you have, let us know how we can make it better. So you know, with that, I will turn it back over to you, Mike. And Excellent. Um, Kaylee, is there any other, anything else you'd like to say about the rules here? Um, no, I don't think so. I think Steve did a really good job. Um, Steve did pretty much, I would say, 98% of the work on this rewrite this year. Um, he was definitely the lead of the whole process. Uh, obviously, he did involve our our rules committee members um, specific to each uh, area of their expertise. But um, no, I think he did a really great job with the rule sets. Um, and I think with this rule set, some of the things that he had outlined, which we started to see kind of consistently over the last couple of years with regards to um, the rule sets and only looking at the changes made, 
I think we'll um, we'll see some changes in that process this year because now everyone, including our volunteers, are required to reread the rule sets for the first time again this year. So I think that'll be an interesting um, situation in which we see take place throughout this planning season and then actually on site this year. So, And Ryan's read the rules twice already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for the presentation. And uh, I'm hoping this gives the people a lot more uh, in-depth look at what uh, they need to be watching out for in those rules. But, I mean, I guess, as always, read the rules, read the rules, right? Yeah, so one of the things I guess I do want to say something, I guess, so Steve actually presented this um, at the SAE Detroit workshop. um, And uh, Steve, I can't remember, did we get any questions during the the presentation that maybe would be good to kind of just recapture here as well? Uh, we did get a few questions. I think uh, one of the questions that we did receive was about the presentation scenario. We're asking about that. We've gotten a number of rules questions about that as well. And we'll just communicate that. We've been communicating that we will issue that approximately January of 2019. Yeah, and I actually touched on that on a previous um podcast where we were kind of saying what's new this season uh, with the fact that we got rid of the business logic case. And um, one of the things we're looking to do for presentation this year is kind of develop more of a streamlined uh, concept scenario that all teams will have to present to this year. So um, a little bit different than what we've seen in past years where they could take a very vague rule that we've had and create anything off the wall type of presentation um, now it's going to be a little bit more streamlined that um, all the teams will have the same concept, but presentations will still be interesting to see how they how they present that. Excellent. Well, if there's nothing else, uh, Steve, thank you so much for uh, doing this with us today and uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, everybody's feedback is uh, to these rule changes as well uh, going forward. Uh, thank you, Mike. And you know, realize that the rules process, it, it's ongoing. You know, I the rules at this point are not finished. They're not complete. We'll still be making some changes to that. Part of what it is is after we use them, we'll get some feedback, and we will look and see if we can make some changes to make it better for, for everyone involved. Excellent. Looking forward to that. And looking forward to seeing you at the competitions here this year coming up. And, of course, please, everybody, uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode when we go in-depth on the details like this um, as part of the FastCast for uh, Kaylee and Ryan and Steve. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE FastCast. As always, we want to hear from you, so email us at formulasae at sae.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.